Hey, this is Dan, and today we're going to be talking about the choices we make. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Hey, welcome into this episode of 48 Days Radio Show. Each week, we take about 48 minutes to dive into real-life questions about finding your passion, deciding what kind of life you want to live, and then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Welcome to the 48 Days Radio Show. Now, today, we're going to have a theme. Every once in a while, you know I do this. They were going to have a theme, and it's prompted by the fact that I've gotten so many messages in just the last two weeks that have somewhat of a common theme, and that being a lot of discouragement, a lot of despair, a lot of feeling like it's too late, a lot of feeling like we're victims, we don't have choices, things are changing too quickly. We're going to talk about that today, and I say we because I mentioned the topic to my wife, Joanne. And she said, I want to sit in on that. I want to participate. So, Joanne, thanks for sitting in with me on this important topic we're going to be talking about today. It's a topic that we've talked about many times through the years because um, there's not sometimes some real clear black and white answers to some of the questions that you get. And so it's, I think it's, it's uppermost in a lot of people's minds who perhaps don't have a supportive spouse or supportive group around them. And, and I, I know we'll get into that. And it, that's important. It's an important aspect of your life and the success that you may have in any area of your life. Well, we're going to be talking about some questions. Our business partners today are FreshBooks and Casper. I'll be telling you a little bit more about each of them here in a minute. Uh, you can claim an unrestricted free trial with no credit card required for FreshBooks. You know I recommend that as a bookkeeping system. Just go to freshbooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the how did you hear about us section. Now, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at. And I've kept framed some of these just in the way that we're going to be talking about them. How much choice do we have in the kind of lives we live? What happens if you don't even have the support of a spouse? Where do those whom nobody cares about fit in? Wow, that's an actual question from somebody. I'll read a little bit more of that. Somebody says, I'm 58 years old and I've gotten nowhere in life. When will my turn ever come? And a gentleman from Mexico says, I would like to hear any encouragement from experiences of people you might know who hit bottom in every area of life and then went forward. You know, I'm going to even skip because we have so much content in this one area. How do we make choices that we make? I'm going to skip the good news. Got a lot of things in the queue. We'll come back to that next week again. I know you enjoy the good news segments as I do, and there's certainly a lot of good news happening. We're going to save that so we can just fully develop this one concept. Now, the quotation that we've got for today comes from P.T. Barnum. Uh, Just last week, we went to see The Greatest Showman the second time for you and me, Joanne, I guess, to see it. 
Yeah, third time for me, third and I'd time. see it again. I think I'll buy it. I loved the movie. It was a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a great family movie. We took a whole bunch of the grandkids the other day, and it's it's one that's well worth seeing. Unfortunately, I have found out since then that P.T. Barnum wasn't as great as what that movie uh, pictured him to be. Oh, However, no. it was an awesome movie for uh, for a whole fam for the whole family to see. Well, it was pretty inspirational about yes. how he did want to do things that uh, were different. He wasn't content with things as they are. And one of the quotations from there that I pulled out my phone real quick and jotted down is, comfort is the enemy of progress. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that. We can get so um, comfortable, and I've heard you talk about uh, many times being in comfortable misery, we get so comfortable with where we are, it takes a lot of work to get out of whatever life uh, situation we might be in that isn't isn't good, whether it's quitting a job or sometimes it's a relationship, whatever. It's, it's uncomfortable and uh, it's sometimes a lot of work, often a lot of work. And so we can get so comfortable in our misery that we just don't want to work hard enough to get out of it. Well, we're going to be looking at how you make choices to move out of that. And sometimes being comfortable is not the best situation to be in. Well, let me tell you about our partners today, our business partners, FreshBooks. You know, a lot of you are freelancers, independent contractors, small business owners, entrepreneurs. Hey, I feel for you right now. We're right here on top of tax time. Tax season is here. There's a good chance a lot of you are trying to dig your way out from underneath a pile of receipts, spreadsheets, trying to figure out where am I? Am I going to owe the IRS a whole lot of money? Well, you need to do yourself a favor now so you don't have to do this kind of digging next year before you completely disappear under that abyss of paperwork. Check out FreshBooks, cloud accounting software. Not only is it going to save you a ton of time and stress, it might actually change the way you feel about dealing with your taxes. You hear me talk about how you can send out invoices quickly, be paid instantly. I mean, I love the, how convenient that is and how quickly things get taken care of. FreshBooks is ridiculously easy to use. Made especially for people like like me who don't like dealing with numbers and their taxes. So right now, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to FreshBooks.com slash 48 days and enter 48 days in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Now, our other business partner today is Casper. You hear me talk about them. Uh, they're with us all year long. I don't do it every week, but I want to draw your attention to what we know is the absolute best mattress in the world. Joanna and I have been doing a lot of traveling, and boy, do we look forward to getting back home and sleeping on our own Casper mattress. Our son, Jared, was here recently for a few nights uh, staying over in one of our guest rooms, and there's a Casper mattress there, and he said he slept like a log, and uh, I like to hear that. It, it's, it's very comfortable. It has just the right amount of firmness, but yet it's uh, it's so comfortable, and I feel like every time we come home to our own bed, oh my gosh, it's it's such a pleasure. <laughs> love our Casper mattress. Love the, uh, the, Our guests love our Casper mattresses. Well, you spend a third of your life, they tell us, sleeping. 
So you better be comfortable. That's the truth. It's a big compromise to make if you're sleeping on a, a log somewhere and then have to try to be creative and productive during the day. The experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. They've got over 20,000 reviews with an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, Google. They're fast becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Affordable prices? Because they cut out the middleman, sell directly to you. You can have it delivered right to your door. And we always kind of stand back and say, how do they do that when we get a box with a Casper mattress in it? So you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep on a trial. And so here's the deal. You can get $50 toward select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash sleepyoulove. And then use the promo code SLEEPYOULOVE in your offer when you get to that point. So again, get $50 toward select mattresses by visiting casper.com, SLEEPYOULOVE, using SLEEPYOULOVE at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. Now, Joanna, I know that you had something just yesterday. Uh, that you wanted to share that relates to what we're going to be talking about today. How do we make these choices in life that give us the lives that we live? Well, yesterday, one of our good friends, uh, Dave Wadsworth, was in town and came and and spent some time with you. And he's a a very avid 48 Days member and has been involved in a lot of things through the years. And Dave's just a great guy. And he presented us with a book that he thought we would enjoy, just kind of an anniversary gift since we're celebrating our 50 years right now. And Dave, Dave actually told me yesterday that listening to my podcast saved his life. Yeah, he, he wrote got, that in the front of this book oh, he did gave he really? us. Yeah. He, he got emotional when he talked about that, but he was at a point where it seemed like life had just crashed down on him. Had a lot of things coming at him at once, and it was a difficult time. Absolutely. And I remember that time. Yeah, he's he's been he's one of the things I love about Dave is he always has a smile on his face. I don't care what's going on in his life, he will be smiling. And not only that, but he lets you know he cares about you. He cares about everybody he talks to. Anyway, he presented us with this book. Uh, who was, uh, it was written by Jen Bricker. And it, the name of the book is Everything is Possible. Finding the Faith and Courage to Follow Your Dreams. So I started it this morning, and I thought there's a section here right in the introduction that I wanted to read, just a brief um, uh, summary, really, of what this book is about. It's it's finding your purpose and finding that you can do things you didn't think you could do. Jen was born with no legs, and she was abandoned at the hospital. Her parents did not take her home. In fact, the mother never even saw her. The father just said, we cannot take care of her, and left. they left the hospital without her. Uh, she had an amazing life, and I've not read into the book far enough to know what all happened. But this particular section I thought was really significant for what we were talking about this morning. It pertained a lot to that. And I'm going to read just a, a small part of that. I want everyone who reads this book to realize one simple, amazing truth. You are significant. We all have special gifts and talents that make us not only unique, but also great. Everyone has the power to change someone's life. Everyone has a voice and a stage and the ability to impact the world in a positive way. This isn't just about turning lemons into lemonade or seeing the glasses half full. It's taking action. It's pushing yourself to do what you were meant to do. Let's call that purpose. 
not necessarily what you are doing right at this moment. It's seeing beyond what's in front of you and imagining the endless possibilities. I think we have to get to a point in our lives where we draw a... This is my own... I need to (laughs) say, this is not in the book. This is back to me. (laughs) Uh, We have to get to a point in our lives where we draw a line in the sand and we say, okay, I can be in that comfortable misery we talked about earlier and spend the rest of my life that way. Or we can say, look, I am going to take control of what I can control, which is just me, and I will go out and do what I have to do do the work, take action, and make my life count for something so that I'm not so miserable, so that I change, as as they say in, in the movie that we like so well, um, oh, what is it, uh, Change Your Stars? First Night. Not First Night. Uh, Night's Tale. Night's Tale. <laughs> uh, Night's Tale, one of our favorite movies where he, he talks so much about you can change your stars. It is possible no matter what situation you're in. And success means different things to everybody. So that's some of the things we want to cover today. All right, absolutely. This morning, I read a post by Pastor Dan Scott. Dan is pastor of Christ Church here in Nashville. Been a friend of ours for, my goodness, 25 years, I guess. At least, yeah. Uh, we, we published a book for Dan a few years ago that a lot of you have, Let the River Run, where it tells a story about a very significant time in the life of the church. And it tells a story about a couple guys named Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller, and how there was an entrepreneurial explosion out of that church. And um, so anyway, Dan's been a friend for many years. But he, he wrote today, and I'll just read a piece of what he wrote. He said, the older we grow, the greater our temptation to stop learning. He's actually talking about the fact that he's just about to turn 65. He says, we're tired of changing, tired of facing the challenge of adjusting our moods, thoughts, and behaviors to adapt to a constantly changing world. We want the ways of the earlier decades of our life, and we often try to keep those decades alive in our own house, and if we can, in our own church and other social environments. If we're not careful, we can become ever more pitiful and marginalized, leading to the kind of sour dementor that alienates others and embitters our own soul. Resisting this natural pull toward the resistance to change requires a commitment to continual learning. We can learn from our children and grandchildren. We can learn from our neighbors, and we can even learn from the people we disagree with. Of course, that requires humility. But hey, isn't losing hair and watching gravity do its work on your body parts humbling enough? We take pills and have surgery to keep things looking as good and functioning as well as we can. Why can't we do that with our mind and attitude? God, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love his perspective on that. And it's gonna we're gonna see that reflected in some of the questions. So I'm gonna share just a few of the questions and kind of comments. Some of them aren't even questions, but comments that we've gotten from readers just in the last two weeks. And you'll see the trend here. And we want to address, Joanna and I are going to talk about this issue. Do we have choice in the kind of lives that we live? So got a, a, a listener, Randy, responded to, he says, thanks for the podcast with the author of the new book, Rock Me Retirement. I interviewed our friend Roger Whitney. He's in my mastermind. He's got a new book out, Rock Retirement. We talked about how to approach retirement with uh, fun and vigor and activity. And uh, this listener says, I wonder if your take on the issue would be different if you had to dig your car out of the snow, clear your driveway of snow, and then commute 45 minutes to work each way in weather that can cause your battery to be dead one cold morning, get into an accident on an icy highway, even a fender bender in a parking lot of the train station. 
And then you had to deal with a work situation that's more like Dilbert than your idyllic Franklin home with granddaughter ready to go to Taco Bell for lunch. Can I talk about that? Well, I'm going to stop there. It's a lengthy email. But the question is, you know, would my life be different if I had to dig my car out of the snow? Well, how much choice do we have in the kind of lives that we live? I don't dig my car out of the snow. Why don't I dig my car out of the snow, Joanne? You don't dig your car out of the snow because we elected to move away from the snow in Ohio and move south where we rarely ever see snow once in a great while. Even in Tennessee, we have enough cold weather for, for that, that we get tired of it. But we moved to a place where we wanted to move, where we wanted to live. And we really took that seriously. We did a real analysis of various places that we could have moved to and decided to move here because that's what we wanted to do. We moved where we thought it would be the most fun place to live. Well, that seems to us to be a choice. We've done that multiple times and figured out where we wanted to live by just simply choosing where we wanted to live. And then the next part, he talks about if you had to deal with a work situation that's more like Dilbert than your idyllic Franklin home where I work now. How do I get to do the work that I do now? Yeah, I it, chose it, to do it. Yes, and it always amazes me that people think we have this idyllic life and we've never had anything like this happen. Oh, my stars, the stories I could tell. All right, I could let me take his take on this. I wonder if you if your take on the issue would be different. Now let me put some of our own things that we've struggled with in that. If if I wonder if his take on this issue would be different if he had to take care of a son who was so heavily on drugs that he almost killed himself and we had home from for suicide watch three times or have a grandson who was having grand mal seizures and had to have a shunt put in his head because he had hydrocephalus and we didn't know what was going to happen with him or have uh, our house taken away from us from by the IRS our cars taken away from us till you had to borrow an old clunker that you had to put oil in every hundred miles or or the thing would leave us on the side of the road or I the times the many many cars which we've had through the years all very inexpensive cars that we laid hands on and said, please get us from point A to point B, or the times we didn't have money to put food on the table or gas in the car. We're no different than anybody else. We have a life now because we intentionally worked on making this life together and because we had goals that we wanted to have for our family, for our children, that we didn't have the advantages of when we were growing up. We wanted a different life, so we did work hard on it. You know, I could go on and on. We had a lot of things that were, by most people's standards, tragedies in our home. And and yet we, people look at what our, the life we have today and assume that we must have been lucky or were raised with wealthy parents. Yeah, I don't know what that's really like. <laughs> I have no idea what that's like. Well, let me give you a couple more examples here. Uh, Vincent Puglisi, you know, you've heard us talk about him. He's very active in the 40 Days Eagles community. I recently wrote a book 
Freelance to Freedom. He and his wife have been traveling, and, and their kids have been traveling around the United States. They just got back home, and I'm not even going to tell you where they live. They just got back home after spending a month in California, and he described how they had grown accustomed to the dark, dreary winters where they live mm-hmm. with lots of snow. Comfortable misery. But after spending a springtime, which they just did in another place, he and his family recognized they have a choice. And they're choosing to move to a different place. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah that it reminds me a little bit of, of our daughter, Ashley, and her husband, Nathan, and their three girls and their dog, who travel in a little, what, 200 square foot? 240 travel, square feet. T- travel trailer, have been doing it for a year. Even though if they've got a perfectly good house in Nashville, they've chosen that lifestyle because they're seeing the whole country with different eyes. They're seeing there are better places than just where we are or where she's living. Uh, They're seeing there's all kinds of opportunities out there. And she's getting a whole, they are all of them, all five of them, getting a whole new perspective on life by doing their travels and they choose to live that way. Now, as far as I'm concerned, camping is poor room service in my life right now. I don't like camping, but she does. They love it. And there are a lot of people, apparently, a good uh, a percentage of people in the United States that are doing this same kind of lifestyle. You know, it's getting rid of all the stuff and the things that we think we have to have or living in a place where we're not really comfortable or happy and traveling. Yep. Every day is an adventure for those it is. girls. It is. Well, the questions that I have are you know, for you listening. Did you choose to live in the house you're living in? Did you choose the job you have now? Did you choose the car you're driving? Did you choose the college you went to or whether or not to go to college? Did you choose the person you married? Well, I have to assume the answer to all of those is yes. Those are the result of choices. So when people then present, gee, I'm stuck in this job. How did you get there? You obviously chose it at some point. And if you chose it, you can make a new choice. You know, if you're driving an old clunky car, you obviously chose it. There maybe were reasons, but you're not forced into it. The cars we had along the way, you know, I chose. I chose them for strategic reasons. Most of the ones, actually, I we had. You I chose, chose because they were cheap. Chose because they were cheap, and we could drive them and resell them and make money. Did a lot of that along the way. But these are choices that we make. So the the first thing in this process of making your life better. Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to go through here. We're going to go through some steps to change how you make choices. I'm going to give you a pattern that Joanna and I have used, a five-step process that we have used for all the years of our marriage in making choices. And we're going to show you how we make choices, even important ones, in a two-week period of time and move into those new seasons of life. I'm also going to give you some resources, 10 books that I recommend that'll start to change your mindset. As we look at this concept, we know that you have to have three elements. You have to have the right mindset, the right idea, and the right network. And the questions that we're looking at today address all of those things in various ways. But if you need to have a new mindset, you can change that. If you need to have a new idea, you can find a new idea. If you have a need to expand or begin a network, you can do that. Now, last week on the podcast, I used a quotation from The Power of Moments, a new book by Chip and Dan Heath, in which they said, we tend to be most comfortable when things are certain. We feel most alive when they are not. 
that can be kind of disheartening, perhaps, that we tend to be most comfortable when things are certain. We feel most alive when they are not. So being comfortable is not necessarily a desirable state of mind to be in. We feel most alive when things are not certain, but it's in feeling alive and having things that are uncertain that we see new opportunities, new solutions, and new ways to move ahead in a life that is more fulfilling and meaningful. All right, here's another insight from somebody. I'm in a job that is being phased out. I'm too old to get a different job. I have a lot of debt with no retirement, and my marriage is falling apart. I wish I had found this site earlier in life when I could have made a change, made a difference. Now I can no longer go on. Now this comes, I I communicated with this gentleman, as I do with all of these people. We don't leave these people just hanging. But this gentleman is 64 years old. He has a, a lustrous background in financial services and certainly some opportunities. But this is what he was feeling. And this brings up a question that we are confronted with a lot. So this gentleman says, again, I'm too old to get a different job. I have a lot of debt with no retirement, and my marriage is falling apart. Now, a lot of people look at where we are today, you know, Dan and Joanne Miller, and say, well, that's easy for you guys. You know, just yesterday, honey, you posted a picture, a beautiful picture of us where we just celebrated two weeks ago, our 50th anniversary. We were on a cruise, and people say, well, that's easy for you guys. You know, you have each other. What happens if you don't have the support of a spouse? You know, you know that that is that comes up all the time, and I hurt for those people. I really, truly do. This is something you and I both have had many discussions about and agonized over how to address for uh, this situation for people who don't have a supportive spouse. There's a lot of them out there, and it seems to be growing more all the time. We're living in an age where uh, where our society uh, sees divorce as just a, um, a, another option for... Like uh, choosing a new restaurant to go to lunch. Exactly. It's just unbelievable. The first thing I would say to this man, number one, how much is how old is too old? Really? 64? I hope... You and I both are far beyond 64, and I hope we have a whole lot of life left. A lot of the uh, the age situation more is in our heads than it is in, in, in the actual ability to get out there and do things and to be productive, and also to be very much respected for the wisdom and, and uh, education and experience that we've gained along the way. We make great employees. In fact, much more so than a lot of these younger uh, kids that are coming into the workplace who you don't even have, a, you can't even have a conversation with them or a smile from their, from them or a, a wish for uh, have, a, have a great day or anything. They're just doing their job. And, and 64 is not that old. That's the first thing. You're going to yeah, say something. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Everybody has a reason yeah. why they can't get ahead. Everybody has an obstacle. I worked with a lady yesterday, a coaching client, and she's 39. You know what her obstacle is? I'm too young. Yeah. <laughs> she, she actually yeah. said, I'm too young, I'm too short, and I have too heavy an accent. She was born in Vietnam. She's a brilliant lady, has two master's degrees, is paid an extraordinary income, way big six figures income in a technology company, valued there. But she feels like she's trapped because she's too young, 
at 39, too short, and has a heavy accent. And I was like, oh my gosh, the things you've accomplished, you obviously can overcome any barrier. So we're working on that. And before we got finished with the coaching session, she said, yes, I can reinvent myself. I can do this. And we're ready to move on. But people have what they perceive as an obstacle. I have the wrong degree. I have no degree. Mm-hmm. I'm too, I, I am the wrong ethnicity. Yeah, I'm too young. I'm too old. So this gentleman, yeah, but but the real, and, and those are things we can kind of talk ourselves out of, but it is a major one when somebody says, my marriage is falling apart. It is. That. And that's that's the number one thing to work on. You know, talk with your spouse, make sure you're on the right page as far as what you're going to do for your career, where you're going to live. You know, why is there so many uh, issues that uh, tear that marriage apart? Address that first. I deal with that in my book, Creating a Haven of Peace. Laying the foundation in your home is the key to the success in any area. And it's a, it's, a, it's a key element, and it's something that we've seen over and over again that needs to be addressed. When there's not a supportive spouse, that situation is a, it, where, you, where you have a single parent, where, what can you do with that? Where can you get your support? And that's where you're talking about finding the network. And I know I, I, I was relating to my sister this morning that uh, she, she was, she's been visiting and, and, uh, and she was with us in our art class yesterday. And I have a, a group of ladies that are just amazing. But I was telling her about how when I hit the age of 50, I felt that I needed uh, some support besides just you. I felt that you're not a woman. You know, I didn't have girlfriends. I We had always prided ourselves that we didn't need any, anybody else because we had each other. Well, there's that's really not that healthy when it comes right down to it. I needed to have some women in my life who had some emotional and hormonal issues that you don't have. And uh, that I, yeah, I know, (laughs) I know you're glad you're not a woman, but I needed that. So instead of complaining about that, I didn't have it. I called up a friend and I said, look, I need a friend. I just need a friend. Can we talk? And we did. And we started a group called Circle of Friends. That's been like 20 years ago. And that Circle of Friends still meets. Sharon Ramsey's one of them. There's there's several. There were nine of us. One of them has passed away a few years ago. We went through births, deaths, funerals, graduations, graduations grandchildren that many weddings. of us didn't have, weddings, all kinds of things together. Find a support group. Find a network that is where you want to be, not somebody that's just going to commiserate with you and keep you down at the level where you are right now that you're where you're miserable. So if somebody doesn't have a spouse, and again, for whatever reason, marriage or or divorce or death, um, you know, we understand that we empathize with that. But here's the deal. That's not just something to just resign yourself to the fate that you've been dealt. It's something where you can be intentional about creating a supportive network anyway. This is something that requires intention, just like if you have a wrong mindset. If you are negative, pessimistic, you need to change your mindset. There are strategies you can use to do that. You know, reading the right books, listening to the right podcasts, getting around the right people. You know, you can change your mindset from what it's been. If you don't have the support of a spouse, then by all means, reach out, connect with other people, be intentional about getting involved in the Chamber of Commerce, the Rotary Club, you know, getting involved in a mastermind. I mean, we have people in my mastermind who who really 
I mean, it's a lifeline for them because they don't have a supportive system around them, but there is that. So figure out who are three people that you could reach out to. How could you become part of a group where there's ongoing mutual support, encouragement, cheerleading, lifting up your arms when you're weak? I mean, just be intentional about doing that. Don't feel like, well, I've been dealt this hand and now I just have to live in misery as a result of it. No, be intentional about filling that part of your life, making the choices so that you do have a supportive system around you. Let me address one other thing that I know that he wrote in that particular uh, message to you. Uh, he put three children through college, and he has little left for retirement. That's something that you and I uh, addressed many years ago. We didn't have the money at that time to put kids through college. Uh, the uh, Of our three kids, really, only one, and that was Ashley, went through college. And uh, she, we didn't help her a whole lot with that. We didn't have the money to do that. Uh, sometimes you have to make choices that are hard, even where it comes to something like that. I know that uh, many people feel like they have, many couples especially, feel like they've got to put aside money for college, and it just straps them to the point where they're miserable. They can't do anything, and then they don't have anything left over at the end. And I think it's important sometimes to recognize that your choices include things like that. You don't have to do that. Children really appreciate it a lot more if they have to work for it. Yep, just another choice to be made, and mm -hmm. it's not always to their advantage to give them that free ride anyway. Well, here comes another question from Ralph. I'm in school. I passed one portion of the CPA exam. I was feeling like I had a bright future, but then I had to quickly change jobs. I went to work for a company that d does not treat people well. My job changed three times as many months. And he goes on, I feel overwhelmed by my level of uncertainty. I haven't been able to sleep or eat very much. I actually called a crisis line one sleepless night. I'm feeling extremely powerless in the world. Unions are disappearing. Companies are classifying workers as contractors. He goes through a whole lot of things here about how the workplace is changing. How the workplace is changing. Well, there are a lot of people that I talk to every day who are in work situations where they do need to change. You know, sometimes people have been in a position for 20 years. We used to really value the idea of loyalty and security. Those can actually work against you at this point. Sometimes companies evaluating a new person coming on, it's kind of a red flag to see somebody that's been in the same position for 25 years. Rather than seeing that as a real plus, the company can wonder, wow, is this person keeping up with the times? You know, to be in one place and not change during that time. So again, a choice to be made. Uh, if your job may not be in jeopardy, but you ought to, at any time, be clear on what your options are for moving to a new situation, a new opportunity. There's a little piece that I, on it. they say that if you put a pumpkin in a jug, when it's the size of a walnut, it will grow to the size and shape of the jug and never get any bigger. Now that can happen to a person's thinking or level of belief as well. Don't allow yourself to be that pumpkin inside of a jug where you can't expand to your national fullness and greatness. Just don't do that. Well, here we're going to go through here. The time's going quickly, and I want to get to some more here. Now, this is one where a lady says, where do those whom nobody cares about fit in this? Some people are forced to go it alone their whole lives simply because no one is interested in their success or failure. I speak from experience. I've had no real help or support or love at any point in my adolescent or adult life, and I'm still struggling to get anywhere. I'll be 40 this year, 
and I have no career, no family, no love, no life, no social life, because I don't believe in myself. Honestly, why should I at this point? Boy, that's a discouraging kind of note. It is discouraging. Not even yet 40 years old. And, and you know, that what I read before so applies to that. We all, we all have uh, our, she said, uh, Jen uh, Bricker says, we, you are significant. We all have special gifts and talents that make us not only unique, but also great. And, oh, my, that it hurts me to hear somebody who's talking like this. She's 40 years old. She's so young. Oh, my goodness. Well, it reminds me of the Jim Rohn quotation that we use a lot around here. We become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Now, he went on to say that we can tell about the quality of our health, attitude, and income by looking at the people around us. He believed that we start to eat what they eat, talk like they talk, read what they read, think like they think, watch what they watch, and dress like they dress. Now, this is where, again, a lot of people say, well, gee, you know, you you aren't living with my family. You aren't with my coworkers every day. How much control do we have over this idea of spending time with people who are the kind of people we want to become like? Is that realistic? Well, that's a choice. Again, we've chosen to uh, to run in circles ever since we first got married. We looked for mentors, people that we admired and wanted to be at a success level or that were at a success level that we wanted to to get to. And so we've always done that. We've always looked for, for people to surround ourselves with that we can learn from and grow from. You know, if you're staying in a situation where uh, you're not getting any support, you're not getting the love that you need, the warm fuzzies, the encouragement, oh my, uh, that's part of it. going back to my Tuesday morning art group. Uh, we had, uh, oh my, I didn't even count, probably 15 people or more here yesterday doing art together. And most of us being right at that stage in life between 50 and 70 where we have more free time, but sometimes are several of them were widows uh, that have been widowed just in the past year and just needed somebody to pat them on the back and say, I love you and I care for you. Find situations like that you can get yourself involved in where you have a support group, a network that you can rely on and get your warm fuzzies from because that's needed. The real tough issues seem to be with family. You know, how do I avoid, you know, negative cousin who shows up every Sunday for dinner and talks about politics and how, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket? Well, don't invite him over for dinner every Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, change the locks. <laughs> I mean, even, even with family members, you can choose to have boundaries where yes. you're not just immersed in their negative worlds. Now, this isn't being uncaring, but you can love somebody well with boundaries. You can love somebody well with distance. I mean, I know we have family members that, you know, we don't spend three weeks with and we don't spend, you know, three days solid or a three week vacation. Not going to be happening at all. We still love them. We acknowledge holidays, but we're going to look for ways to spend extended period of time with people who are so much different in how they enjoy life as we. And even in a situation like that, you can control it, take control of the situation. If you've got somebody who wants to come over and talk about uh, religion or politics or something that always makes uh, sets everybody off and you get upset about it, put a jar on the middle on the table, which we did. We've done this. We've got this jar at home. Uh, put it on the middle in the middle of the table with a bunch of questions in it and have everybody pull 
pull one out and let's talk about that and more exciting things in life. You know, what book have you read lately that that has really made an impact on your life? What has happened where you know God intervened in in some situation? You know, what that you can go on. There's numerous questions. We've made ours our our own questions up at times for specific themes, but put a jar on the in the middle of the table and have everybody talk about something there instead of talking about all those things that do nothing but bring you down. I cannot change what the president is doing. I cannot change what government is doing by myself, but I can sure change what happens in my own home. There are a couple of books written by Dr. Henry Cloud. One is called Boundaries, and it deals with this issue of how to create boundaries. It's a good one. And also Necessary Endings, yes. another one, yes. where sometimes you just need to realize it's not helpful for anybody to spend time with a particular person. Exactly. Well, hey, I want to just insert real quickly here, just a reminder, these are real-life questions, obviously, from you, the listeners. We appreciate the engagement with you, your trust in honoring us and sharing your lives in this way. Uh, keep those coming in. If you've got questions, you can shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. Send us your success stories as well, your good news. We want to share that as well. It's a good mix, but send those in to askdan at 48days.com. Now, here's one where James says, uh, Dan, I have a lot of respect for what you do and what, who you are and what you do. I need major help. I had to stop a minute and 35 seconds into your seven ways to ensure job security video because I couldn't stomach the content. If you were to meet me, you would find that I have all the positive leadership and more important humanitarian qualities tempered with wisdom and powered with technical and hard skills. Yet my life has been a terrible mess. I was never in the right environment, and these qualities were laughed at. I'm 58 and have gotten nowhere in life. I have the personality, IQ, and EQ to succeed, as well as the drive, but I've been so traumatized by the sick corporate world and left broke. I forgive myself for feeling bitter, hurt, and mistrusting. I have given and not received. When will my turn ever come? And I'm on the verge of homelessness so on and so forth. I find it distasteful and sickening. Well, golly, you know, that, that's hard to hear that somebody uh, can't even stomach listening to the positive spin that I put on what our options are. You know, and this is this is one of the questions, and uh, I know you and I, Joanne, have talked about this a lot. You know, when we get all these questions like this, and we know that people's circumstances vary a lot. People's personality tendencies vary a lot, where sometimes they're kind of wired to be more negative, and it's more difficult to make new decisions and move forward. And so, but the question, you know, then comes up, okay, is there ever a situation, if I hear from a 64-year-old guy who's heavily in debt, lost his job, and his marriage is crumbling, is there ever a point at which I say, well, gee, I'm sorry it worked out that way, Sorry, goodbye. Yeah. I never go there. I always come back with here are some options yes. for you to change the life you have today. I mean, is that unrealistic? Are there situations where they're just beyond repair? Here's a good analogy. I've done a lot of work in prison ministry, and I talk with women who are in maximum security prison and have some of them been there, well, some of them for many, many, many years. And they come out of prison, and we all know that the success rate for those people in going, uh, staying out and making productive lives is very dismal. However, 
I'm also a part of an organization that does mentoring for those women and the the uh, opportunities for them and the rate of recidivism is unbelievably different than those who don't have a mentor. When you're looking for a mentor, which we did at the young, when we were still teenagers looking for mentors to help us to form the ideas and the life that we wanted, when you're looking for a mentor, you don't look for somebody that's just going to pull you down or that's just right at that same level you are. You want somebody who you admire and trust because of the success that they've had in whatever area that you're looking for a mentor, whether it's a relationship, marriage, uh, parenting, business, etc. Mentoring helps. It helps everybody. And it certainly keeps the rate of recidivism down tremendously uh, for people coming out of prison. If they find a mentor to help them and guide them and teach them, it makes a huge difference. It's not any different than somebody like this. You know, find somebody, find people, read books. And the fact that he can't get through your more positive impact that you have through your videos or through your audios or whatever it is, podcasting, newsletters, all that, tells me that he's not really wanting somebody to mentor him. He doesn't want somebody to pull him out of that. He's in his comfortable misery. Well... We need. To, let me add one more question here, a comment. We're going to give you some resources, and we're going to be wrapping things up. Now, there, there's a classic book out there. It's in the public domain. I reference it a lot, The Science of Getting Rich, written by Wallace Waddles, written back in 1910. He says, do not wait for a change of environment before you act. Cause a change of environment through action. You can act upon your present environment so as to cause yourself to be transferred to a better environment. Well, one more note here. A gentleman says, I moved to Tennessee almost two years ago with my wife to pursue a music career. On March 29th, I had my second open heart surgery to replace my aortic valve with a mechanical one. Since I have been here, I've been crippled with fear and indecision. The surgery was a sad break in the monotony of an apathetic existence here. I somehow assumed that past successes and fate would make decisions for me. I haven't even finished your book yet, but I felt compelled to write and share this enlightenment with you. May God continue to bless you and your family. Well, you as well. Golly, I mean, changing, making a change to follow a dream doesn't always work out the way that we want it to, but it's a great start. And if that doesn't work out, then we make a new decision mm-hmm. to go on. I mean, I, I live the life I have today. If I want a different life tomorrow, then I have to decide, what am I willing to change? What new choice am I going to make? Well, I want to give people a couple of resources here, and we're going to wrap up. I want to give you a five-step process that Joanne and I have used for all of the years of our marriage. We agreed on it very early on because Joanne is more methodical. She's more thoughtful, and it takes longer to come up with a confident decision. I tend to be very impulsive. That can work against me as well. Because of the two differences, we agreed on a system that we use that has worked really well. Here's how we make decisions. It can be where to send a child to college, where to live, what house to buy, what kind of business to start, where to go to church, all those kind of things. This is the process. Number one, assess where you are currently. Number two, get the advice and opinions of people you trust. Number three, list three or four options. Believe me, there's always more than two 
It's never, I either stay in this stupid job that I hate, or I quit and I'm unemployed. Obviously, those aren't the only two choices. But list three or four options. Then do a little bit more research. Choose the best option. And number five is act. That's the system. Now, I'll put that process in the show notes for today so you can reference it easily. I also want to give you a quick list of 10 books that I recommend that can change your mindset, change your ideas, and change your network very, very quickly. Those are Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, Ken Geyer's Windows of the Soul, one of your favorites, I know. Yes, it is. Anna Quinlan, A Short Guide to a Happy Life, David Schwartz, The Magic of Thinking Big. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Zig Ziglar, See You at the Top, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, Daniel Lappin, Thou Shall Prosper, Russell Conwell, Acres of Diamonds, Jack Canfield, The Success Principles. Again, I'll put those there. Those are books that can change your life. They can help you make choices that move you into a new season of life. Now, you'll hear I already pulled up the music. This is a different music outro than what I usually hear. Do you recognize what this is, Joanne? I'm not hearing it. Oh, you! I got <laughs> I'm not. I don't, I don't have the earphones on, so have. I'm not hearing it. But I let me guess: is it "Lean on Me"? <laughs> it is. It is. Aha! Uh-huh. I've got my headset on. I'm not. Joanne doesn't have access to the technology here. It is. You know, this is an old song, Bill Withers. I don't know, but another song that he that he sang. This was the one that I certainly captured. This was the theme song for the group of us who were going through the master's lean program when I was getting my master's in clinical psychology. Yeah, lean on me. And it's continued to be kind of a theme song for me. It was probably popular back in the early 70s, perhaps even earlier than that. Lean on me. So we're going to go out with that today. Just a reminder, we'll have the the notes that we talked about, the list of 10 books that I recommend that'll help you make better choices, and the system that Joanna and I have used to make choices in two weeks. We don't like procrastination. Even people who are faith-based, and a lot of people in our audience obviously are, uh, oftentimes frame procrastination as simply praying or waiting on God. And it works to their detriment because it's really just a politically correct way of procrastinating. So we want to help you move through that. Well, hey, thanks for being part of this growing audience. Get in the 48 Days Eagles group. My goodness. I mean, there's a way that people have addressed the situation where they not only get the support and encouragement they need, but they also get access to new ideas and resources they did not have before. Check it out, 48dayseagles.com. We'd love to see you there. Thanks for being part of this growing group of people who do believe there are positive things up ahead. And we are, in fact, finding or creating work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful, and profitable. Joanne, thanks for being my guest today. I hope that uh, these words were encouraging to some of those of the, uh, the, who are listening and who are struggling right now. Absolutely. 